and welcome into the Garbage Goal podcast powered by Orlando Lacrosse Report. I'm Patrick Moore, your host, along with my co-host Colin Turner, and we have hey. a special guest with us today, Mr. Kyle Hofstetter, who we are hey. very excited to have with us. Yep. Thank you. We're very glad to have Episode Kyle six, along big with dog. us. <laughs> Kyle I is, thought it would have uh, been first, but you know, I'll take six. Kyle, Kyle is a uh, uh, become a lacrosse fixture in the Central Florida area um, over the last, I guess, really decade almost, right, um, or longer, and uh, has a has a long lacrosse resume, including high school lacrosse and college lacrosse. And today, we're going to be digging into his experiences of coaching high school high school lacrosse, coaching uh, college lacrosse, which he's currently a coach assistant, a coach at Rollins College here in Winter Park, Florida, and uh, just kind of everything in between. So we're looking forward to learning from you, Kyle, kind of hearing your story and, and some of the experiences you're having and share with our listeners and viewers, you know, what kind of the inside scoop is uh, coaching high school and then being involved in college across. But, you know, real quick, you know, because we don't want to pump you up too much. We don't want to make you feel too good <laughs> about yourself. You do have a pretty impressive bio. Um, I think the most impressive thing uh, is that you are married to an amazing wife and have three beautiful daughters who we happen to know. So I know that you're super proud of them. Uh, and Megan, you guys do a great job raising the girls. But, you know, from a lacrosse standpoint, currently you're an assistant coach at Rollins College. Uh, you've also uh, coached at Rollins years ago. Um, so now you're back. Um, but you were also the head coach at Bishop Moore Catholic High School in Orlando, Florida. Uh, you had a 25 and 16 record there. Uh, you were on an 8-0 streak during that COVID year, which got cut short, uh, which was unfortunate yep. for you guys. Uh, but you had a great team that year. Uh, I didn't actually realize this, but you also, when you, I knew you were the coach, head coach at Haggerty High School at Oviedo High School. I did not realize your record was 45 and 14. You guys were balling out while you were there. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah, so, we uh, we had a pretty good squad uh, those three years over at Haggerty, and. Um, Sent a lot of guys, a lot of those kids went on to play Division One, Division Two, um, which was great to see. Uh, ended up beating Winter Park, I think, in 2017 uh, in the district finals. Yeah, you guys um, won the district that year. Yep. yep. Uh, and but then that's Ryan not where you started your lacrosse journey in Orlando in high school, was it? Was there a school before well, that? No. Yeah, I was actually at but, Trinity Prep uh, for one year um, before heading over to Haggerty. So when I well, when I kind of left, uh, no, you're fine. Go ahead. You're at... yeah. yeah, yeah. So I I I found myself down here in Orlando uh, in 2010, um, taking the the assistant job at Rollins the first time around, and uh, we really loved it down here, and um, ended up actually leaving to to kind of do the head coaching thing and trying to find out you know my path in this in this career and. Um, realized I love Florida and the weather and I hated the gloominess of the North and the snow and the cold weather and the, uh, six months of just cloudy, cold, dreary weather. And so, um, headed back down to central Florida and, and ended up, uh, getting a good opportunity at Trinity prep, um, before Haggerty. So that's kind of how that journey went. And then you, uh, you, like you mentioned, you were at uh, Calvin University in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah. Uh, you've coached at, uh, let's see, where else? Coached Eastern University as a D.C., right? Yeah. Uh, uh, out of, Pennsylvania. Outside of Philadelphia. Yep, yep, D3 okay. school. And that's uh, uh, D3 school. 
Yep. yep. And then DeSales University, another D3 school uh, outside of Philadelphia um, in Center Valley. So, yeah, that's kind of how you I got went to, to you. You went to school and you played at St. Joseph's University, correct? Correct. Yep. Uh, that's in Philadelphia. Um, we were part of the MAC conference, the MAAC back in the day. So and that's where so you met your wife with your playing career, correct? Correct. Uh, yeah. Kind of funny story. She uh, was an intern in the athletic training uh, department uh, at St. Joe's during her senior year. And, um, you know, Playing is a loose term, Colin. I guess you could say. You know, I was, uh, I was, I was on the team at uh, at St. Joe's and uh, got into a couple games, couple games. But uh, you know, uh, God had a purpose, and and I guess it was for me to uh, to ride that bench that senior, you know, um, uh, that senior year to meet her. So um, yeah, we ended up. Uh, I think it worked out quickly. I, it, oh, it definitely worked out. I mean, 100%. let's be honest. We are three. We we are three guys that all married way up. And um, if you if if you ever meet one of our wives or all three of our wives, you'll realize that we are all three out of our league. So, um, Kyle, I'm real. I'm curious, real quickly. How did you when you were playing in high school? Did you imagine you would play at the Division One level? Was that a goal of yours? Did it happen by accident? What was that? How did that? How did that yeah. transpire? Yeah, no. So, you know, lacrosse was a fairly new sport kind of where I grew up. Um, and I grew up, a, you know, 45 minutes outside of Philadelphia. And, you know, we kind of got RIP, missed. RIP real quick to your Philadelphia uh, we, Phillies. I just wanted to make we sure we talk, talk about, about that. that. Oh, we don't have brutal. to talk about that's that brutal. right now. Well, but, um, okay, brutal. <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, it, it seemed like lacrosse kind of missed, you know, my area growing up. It, it always hit Maryland and, and Long Island. And we were kind of that middle state that, that wasn't really popular. But um but yeah, it, it started when I was in junior high and, and it was a great opportunity to, you know, I was a hockey player growing up. And so um, when I, you know, was kind of overplaying hockey, lacrosse was kind of the next option for us. So we went to play um, lacrosse and I never thought that I would, you know, play division one. Um, I was looking at a lot of division three schools. Um, and I ended up getting a really good academic package to St. Joe's and found out that they had a lacrosse team and yeah, I, I walked on, um, and was, uh, given an opportunity, uh, by coach Cullinan, um, uh, who's my coach there for four years. And yeah, that's kind of how I, uh, ended up at St. Joe's. Well, we have a couple of central Florida kids, one, playing at St. Joe's right now with Carter Truesdale yeah. from Winter Park. And then we have uh, committed uh, Jack uh, 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 Fedori. I can never say his name, right? I'm sorry, Fjordalus. Jack. I always mess up. Fedori. Yes, I can never say his yeah. name. I, I don't know why I want to say it. But anyways, Jack from uh, Lake Highland Prep is committed to go there um, yeah. in, next year. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So that's Coach pretty Ray's cool. Doing a cool great... connection for you. Yeah, yeah. Coach Ray's doing a great job um, with that program. Uh, they've made, you know, the NCAA tournament for the first time. Um, and, and so they've they've really done a good job there. And it's nice to see that they're kind of getting out of the Northeast and they're recruiting from all over. Um, and getting yeah, Canadian school, play. right? With, with, with him uh, being a yeah, national, coach, also with him being a Canadian yeah, national yeah, coach. Yeah, they definitely have a lot of Canadians, um, you know, just with Coach's Ray's connection up there. Um, but no, it's, it's good to see a school like that really, you know, um, coming along because, you know, back 
you know, when I was in school, you know, we were, um, you know, we were good for our conference, right? But we, we weren't competing against the Yales and the Dukes. And, and it seems like they're really turning a corner um, and, and competing against those uh, other programs. Well, one other thing, too, that I didn't mention, uh, Kyle, is that you also played for the Dutch national team, right? In 06, 10, and 14. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So I'm assuming so, you're Dutch. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, with the last name Hoffman. body. I love yeah. I love um, me some Dutch apple pie. I know that. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's a real Dutch thing. I don't think thing, that's a Dutch but... thing, but it sounds No. Good. No. So so my my mom is uh <laughs> my mom is uh yeah, straight off the boat. Um I'm first generation born here, uh, from my mom's side. And so, you know, that's kind of where I got the Dutch heritage. And again, another thing that kind of fell on my lap, you know, we had a player on our team at St. Joe's that was playing for Italy. And I was like, I didn't even know Italy had a team went on, looked at the world championships, found out the Netherlands had a team and, you know, kind of just reached out to them. And that's how I got connected. Um, you know, just, just with them and, you know, built so many great relationships starting, you know, lacrosse over in Holland at the youth level and, and then other countries last, last spring, I went over to Slovenia, um, to help a Dutch guy who's kind of starting lacrosse in Slovenia. So, um, it's really opened a lot of doors and, and it's, it's great to see, especially now that it's going to be an Olympic sport. Yeah. It's pretty wild to see beyond the U S team guys that are living in the U S that are getting to play on the the world stage, um, through oh, yeah. lacrosse, you know, with like you, like on the Dutch, you know, people that are playing on, uh, I know uh, a couple kids uh, from Florida have played on the Puerto Rican team. Um, I yeah. just saw where Tanner Guard, who Lord. was from, Ova yeah. And uh, Tanner Guard, yeah. who now Tanner plays Sims. at Flagler, uh, Tanner, sorry, Tanner Sims, Sims, who plays at Flagler yep. College um, and is on Team Jamaica, is actually yeah. on the cover of Inside Lacrosse uh, last week. So uh, I happened to see it's him awesome. the other night and told him I expect to see a poster size uh, picture of that of that f front cover in his uh, his his room up at Flagler soon. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of a cool kind of a cool connection. But so let's uh, awesome. so let's talk a little bit about let's talk some lacrosse here and talk about your experience yeah. and I, what where what I would love for us to dig into and what we were talking about before we started the show was. You know, what's some of the differences that you see between the high school game and the college game? Because you've kind of gone back and forth, right? You played college, yeah. you coached from college, you coached from high school, you went back to college, you coached from high school, yeah. and now you're back in the college. Um, yeah. So, like, for you, what are some of the things, the obvious things as a coach that just stick out to you that are, like, big differences? Like, big sure. differences between the high school game, the personnel, and the college game? Yeah. Uh, first thing I got to say, parents. Don't got to deal with them. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, I, I say that jokingly, but, you know, it, it's a lot less uh, hands-on um, with the parents. And so, you know, they're they're great help for us, especially at Rollins. You know, they help organize meals, um, you know, and, and help with fundraising aspects and, and different things like that. But it, it's, it's a lot less of, you know, talking about playing time or um, – you know, any issues that arise, right? Um, you're dealing with, with yeah. young men who are 18, 19, 20, 21 years old um, now. So it, it that's definitely a different aspect um, when it comes to the college game. Um, you know, on the field, you, it's just a faster pace 
um, game, right? And so, you know, with the shot clock um, in college, you know, just you don't have as much time to sub and waste clock. You know, it's like you got to go um, all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's the one thing I love about Rollins is that we play a very high pace um, tempo lacrosse. And so we're always going to, you know, clear the ball and probe to see, Hey, can we go right away? Like, can we score? Um, which I think is, is great, you know, cause we're having, you know, scoring's fun. Right. And so, you know, a lot <laughs> of our goals it scores, if you look at last year's 17 to 10 or, you know, it's, it's, it makes it very entertaining, which is great. Um, would, Sorry, would you, before you go on yeah. to that, the question with the high school and college, you talk about the shot clock, and it's funny. We've talked about this with two other, with Sergio and yeah. Poe up at PV. Both of them strongly feel that high school should implement a shot clock. Yep. And you've lived in both arenas and on the coaching side. What is your thought on that? Yeah, at first I was a little timid. I, I didn't know if I was going to like it. Um, but kind of getting last year under my belt, I, I, I definitely love love having a shot clock. Um you know, I don't know if it's feasible in the high school realm of the sport, just because now you got to find somebody else to kind of man the table, to, to run the shot clock, to know, you know, how to reset the shot clock, when to reset the shot clock. Um, so it, it definitely adds some logistical issues to the high school game. But I, I do like it because, you know, teams cannot, you know, just hold on to the ball and, and kill penalties they can't just kill under two minutes and you know just run around um you know there's gonna be an 80 second shot clock where you know hey they're gonna have to you know we know that we're gonna get the ball back you know at the end of the you know this 80 seconds so we have an opportunity to score on the other end if we're down by one or or whatever the case may be yeah um so it it is it's great I, i i really like it um it makes the game faster pace. It makes you kind of have to go to the goal. Um, you can't just hold on to the ball. And so it just, it definitely improves the game, I think. Well, if you if you look at the national tournaments on the high school level, which are typically like your top boarding schools, you know, yep. the, the big schools that are playing at the highest levels, the IMG Academies and the Salisbury's and the Tafts and all these big schools, um, when they play in these tournaments, they're using a shot clock. And so yeah. my thing is, is like, you know, how do we trickle that down into the normal high school athletics throughout each state and make that part of the game? Because to me, I'm like you, it makes the game more fast. It makes it more fun because the sure. worst thing to see is in a high school game where you have a team just stalling. It's it's a little bit like, in my opinion, it's still a little bit like what we have in high school basketball. Without a shot clock in high school basketball, you can run the old, you know, Dean Smith, Carolina four quarters and just hold on to the ball. Sure. Until the referee decides to call a stall or whatever. But, um, you know, it's just, to me, it would make that much more excitement for the fans. It would get more kids engaged. I just, I think it's a win-win. And I love seeing it at the yeah. college level for sure. And, yeah, and I would love for high school to implement it. I think it's just coming down to support enough staff people, you know. It's 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 funny because, you know, every, you know, back in the day we used to have horn, right? And I no, Turner, I know you yeah. know this rule where it's like horn and we try to get all, Hey, get the D middies on, you know, get the substitutions yep. on. And you know, when they got rid of that, everybody was like, Oh my God, how are we going to, the D middies going to go away. It's, you know, but you know, we learned to adapt and we learned to play faster and, and get subs on different ways and something through the midfield. And, you know, it, it, we adapted to that situation. So I think, 
you know, once, you know, a couple, I, I think if, if, if this passes in high school and people just find a way to adapt and, and make it work. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, and, I think, and, I think it's going to happen eventually. It's going to yeah. come. It's just a matter of time. Um, but yeah. It's one of those things we got to, you know, not all programs are the higher level programs like the Lake Mary's, the Ponte Vedras, the Winter Parks, the Lake Highlands, yeah. right? And it's trying to keep the game inclusive, right? And that's the problem. Like you said, it's yep. additional staff, it's additional technology and the funding in schools right now yeah, is, exactly. is not there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, they're talking about, I did read an article, I believe if I'm, and I may be crazy and somebody can write in the comments and tell me I'm totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure the FHSAA has had a conversation about, I know with basketball that they've talked about implementing a shot clock, which is a lot like lacrosse in that you can stall and wear the clock out. And I believe yeah. there has been some conversations with the lacrosse advisory board on potentially a, a shot clock, which I think will happen further down the road. Uh, but I do think it's, I think it's something that needs to eventually happen. But yeah, I, I like to hear those differences for you. And I think that that's the theme that Colin and I hear over and over. Every time we talk to a high school coach or somebody that played in college or has played at the highest level, they talk about the speed of the game and the physicality. And I can't, yep. I mean, I don't know. It's so hard to, so hard to put that into words until you actually see it. Uh, and I'll, I'll mention this. If you have, if you're listening to the garbage goal podcast and you've never been to a college game, it doesn't matter if it's division three or division one or division two college lacrosse is just another speed. It is unbelievably physical and unbelievably yeah. fast. And so you need to get your tail to a Rollins game, get to a Florida Southern game, get to a Flagler game, you know, go up to JU and watch, you know, or whatever it is, get to one of these games because you will be amazed at how fast the game is for you. When you made that switch again, going from high school back to, to college, when you went to Rollins as an assistant yeah. coach, were you, did it take you a minute to kind of catch up? Like, were you kind of like, Oh man, this is, I gotta go like the speed of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. This, the, the speed, the, the, just the substitution, a lot of those things are just so fast, so high pace, you know, and, and it's funny because, you know, you look at a lot of these guys and, and with COVID year and, and, and kind of red shirt years, I mean, we have guys that are 24, um, on our team, you know, they're, they're grown men, right. um, you know, and, and, you know, they're a lot, most of them are bigger. That's, that's the biggest difference, you know? And, um, I had three kids, know, one, I had three kids at 24 years old. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, you know, I was coaching probably by the time I was, you know, 20, 24 years old, 25 years old. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, but it, it, the, the one nice thing, I guess, going from high school to college, though, I must say is, is kind of um, the years that you can, the next, it, say you have a down year, right? In high school, the next year, you kind of know who you have, right? And, and you have to really develop starting with the youth and, you know, you're really hoping that you know, the, the new kids that are coming in in ninth grade are really going to help and, and, and be on that right track in college. If you have a down year, you have an opportunity the next year to kind of change that. Right. And, and, and that all has to do with recruiting and the transfer portal, um, you know, and, and you can really pick and choose like, Hey, we really need a face-off guy. We're going to go out and get a face-off guy. Uh, whereas in high school, you're kind of like, man, I got to really develop a face-off guy and it might take, you know, three, four, five years before I see him as, you know, a high school player that's going to, um, you know, help us, uh, you know, on the field. So, you know, that's another thing that I really like is that you have that opportunity to make your team better next year, you know, by the recruiting process. It, 
and I think that's an interesting way that you segue into that, right? Rollins College, 15-2 last year, yep. NCAA tournament berth, had an unfortunate loss. Was it Lenore Ryan, I believe, right? Am I right, right, right? Yeah, right. yeah so, they ended up yeah, winning yeah. it all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, if you're going to lose, you might as well lose to the champ at the end of the day. But, and I looked over the roster, you have a lot of D1 transfers that came back, that yeah. came to Rollins. You had a lot of shakeup. You got some local kids that have played, but then a couple other big names came down and kind of helped reshape an already strong roster in D2. Talk a little bit about that transfer portal and what you've seen. I mean, again, NIL is not a big deal, obviously, in, in this level. But at the end of the day, the transfer portal still is a pretty big deal. Sure. Yeah, I, I think, you know, out, outside of being a Division One football or basketball player, you know, the whole uh, NIL is, is, is very minimal, right? Especially in the sport of lacrosse. Um, not saying that there's nothing out there for these players, but it's, it's, it's not, you're not getting a, a Ram truck like the University of Utah gave their football players. Right. That was insane. Um, I want. To, I yeah, want to. crazy. By the way, um, just a six month lease. Let's not talk about it. It's a six month lease. Let's, <laughs> let's get into the details. Here. Yeah, that's yeah. But, um, but yeah, it, you know, the portal has really helped. Kind of. Uh, I mean, we've been slowly building uh, the Rollins program, right? Coach Lewis has been building this program, um, you know, for the last couple years, and so what really kind of put us over the top was the transfer portal guys. Last year, you know, we, we had a uh, Mikey Berkman, who's a local kid from from West Orange. Um, he ended up, he he ended up graduating from Syracuse. Had two years of eligibility left. Is getting his master's now. Um, you know, he brought down uh, a, a buddy of his, Shahe Kachadorian, who was our D two goalie of the year last year. Same yeah. circumstance, right? He he just brought him down. The D two yeah, goalie who, goalie who, of the it, year. Just come on to Rollins. Yeah. Who, by the way, is built like a WWE superstar he's a monster looks like he should just be breaking yeah. guys backs but anyhow yeah he's a guy that graduated from syracuse had two years of eligibility he's getting his master's degree right and so we got really fortunate with getting you know those guys um last year that really kind of helped us put us you know uh o- over the top i should say um, and, and you're right. It, you know, we had a kind of a disappointing, uh, end to our season. Um, you know, but the nice thing is that we, we returned like 90% of our, um, our team from last year. Um, you know, we lost, uh, a, a, an important part with Justin Eisenhower, um, who graduated, but we, you know, we returned a lot of our offensive, uh, studs and in, including our, our three all attack, uh, all American attackmen, um, and so we're hoping to be right back in that same spot this year. Um, you know, we brought in two more transfers this year. Um, you know, uh, a guy from High Point and and another player from Syracuse. So you know, it, it definitely helps. Um, you know, I I do see the transfer portal kind of teetering off, uh, especially with you know the COVID year. Um, you know, kind of you know lapsing after this year, so you won't see many kids with you know, two years eligibility left after graduation. Um, but it, it's always going to be there. You know, there's always going to be kids that, you know, aren't happy or, you know, want, want a new scene, um, you know, want to have another opportunity. And so, you know, it, it's definitely a, a way to, um, you know, improve your team. Like you said, kind of overnight, you know, by do, do getting these guys this... and, and getting acclimated into your system. In, in general, though, Kyle, do you think, and not specific to Rollins necessarily, Rollins College, but just lacrosse in general, 
you know, do you think that what, how do you see the makeup of the transfer for, transfer portal as this thing goes forward? Cause now that you wipe COVID out, you take that, that year, right? Sure. You're not going to have guys that are going to be at schools for six or seven years anymore. So what, what does the transfer portal do? What does it look like for coaches in lacrosse now recruiting wise? Are they, are you going to see them go back to the more traditional bringing in some high school kids sprinkled in with transfers? Are they going to go heavy on the transfers? Like, like yeah, what's, I, what do you see is going to happen? I, I don't see the transfer portal dying whatsoever. You know, I, I think you're going to get the kids who, you know, spent four years at a school and have, you know, a, a, a red shirt year eligibility left. Right. So they have one more year and, you know, they're going to look to see what they can do somewhere else um, or, or see if they can get a master's degree somewhere else and, and play there. Um, and, and then you're going to also see the kids that are, you know, underclassmen who just might not be happy with their playing time or not happy with the school or w- whatever the reason may be. Right. Um, financially, they, they're going to want to look to go transfer somewhere else. Um, so there, there's definitely going to be those kids. It's, it's just, you know, if a coach wants to take a player for one year, I mean, that's the decision you have to make. Right. And, you know, it's gotta be uh, tough. For us, it's gotta be yeah, so tough for the yeah. continuity of the team. Yeah. For us, you know, our master programs are two years, right? Our master's in business programs, two years. So, you know, um, it would be really tough to bring in a fifth year guy, right. Who only has one year of eligibility, right. And that kind of get him to fit in and, and do well and, and know that he's got two years of school, right. So he's going to have to either redshirt another year and then play his, his, you know, kind of six year for a lack of a better term, or if he's going to play right away and then, you know, sit out and just go to school in six years. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how kind of that, that all plays out. And so we talk about a little bit of Rollins because we talked with uh, Sergio a lot about what it is to be a D1 athlete. When you're going out and recruiting kids to Rollins, what is the pitch to come to obviously beautiful Winter Park, Florida, best place in my opinion yeah. to play lacrosse. But what's the pitch for D2 Rollins? Talk a little bit about because and Patrick's been one of the biggest supporters. We talk about this all the time in the state of Florida. D2 lacrosse is unbelievable in the state of Florida. And yep. Rollins has obviously had a great year last year getting the tournament. What's it like to be a G2 athlete and what's the sales pitch to get those boys to come down? Sure. You know, I'll, I'll take this. And uh, our, our other assistant coach, Gary DiClemente, it says it's like finding unicorns, right? Especially for <laughs> Rollins, because you, you have to find guys who one are academically, you know, have high academics, especially for a school like Rollins, but you know, uh, might have not, you know, gotten an offer from a D1 program, but it's still a D1 style athlete, right? And so, you know, we got to find those unicorns that all these other, you know, uh, recruiting and kids and and find the ones that are right fit for us, Um, which which can be hard. Um, But, you know, they're they're definitely out there. Um, And so, you know, when I say, you know, finding those kids that have kind of D1 talents is, you know, maybe they're lacking you know, one skill, right. That, that might turn off some D one schools, but you know, we know that, Hey, they're going to be a really good asset for us. And we're going to work with them on that and, you know, develop them, um, you know, to be the best they can be. And so, you know, that's the kind of kid that we're looking for. Um, you know, the school itself sells itself, you know, Mm -hmm. Rollins is beautiful. 
Um, it's got an amazing campus. You know, if you haven't checked it out and you're in the, you know, central Florida or even Florida area, check it out. I mean, we sit on beautiful Lake Virginia. Um, we have three pools on campus. We have a sushi bar, you know, tremendous academics. Uh, it, it sounds more like a country club than it does uh, a college. Well, it kind of um, looks like one. It's so nice. And it, and it's it looks such like a beautiful campus. Well. It's beautiful. Yeah. And, and Hoff, I look at the roster right now. I see that you've got, tw- is this correct, around 23 freshmen that are coming in this year to about 56 other upperclassmen? Yeah, we we had about 18 recruits um and, and we and five walk-ons um so that's yeah. kind of the the mix of of freshmen right now um we did bring in a, a kind of more freshmen than we usually do this year just because we are heavy senior and grad school so we're we're going to be graduating about 20 senior grad students wow. um this spring and so we really wanted to get a, a larger class in just so that they could learn from those upperclassmen, kind of understand the culture that we have. Um, and we weren't trying to teach that stuff on the fly. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of uh, uh, the breakdown. Well, but, yeah, what, I mean, what's if, interesting, if you get to what's campus, interesting, it's though, beautiful. What's interesting, though, is I'm sure somebody's listening to this going, how many kids did Colin just say? People have no idea how big the rosters are at uh, college lacrosse teams. Because most people come from a high school environment where you have like 20, 25, 30 kids maybe. I think the most I've seen on my son's teams was like 33 on a high school team. But I know that my my oldest son, his first year at Jacksonville, they had 67 guys on the roster. And then, you know, even now that both my boys are at Flagler College, you know, they're going to carry upwards of high 50, 60 kids. So – that people don't understand how competitive it is, but also yeah. that you have to have that many kids for practice team, for injuries, for the next couple of years. Just like you're talking about, you're getting ready to graduate, you know, a quarter 20. of your team. You got you got to have guys in the hopper ready to go next year. Correct. There's no time to like, let's figure this out next year. We got to figure it out now. So next year when you step on the field, you got to be able to go. Isn't that right? Absolutely. It, I, yeah, absolutely. And I, go ahead, Carl. I just, I'm sorry, I'm playing with your roster tool, which your web people, Rob's done an amazing job. Shahe, your goalie, by the way, is he an offensive lineman for a Division One program? I told or you, is he a goalie he's a monster. For D2? I did not, when you said that, I didn't believe you. Six foot three, 280 pounds. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, bigger he, than, he's, he's definitely bigger, a lineman. And, he's bigger and than me. He's, he's got the fastest feet. I mean, he's got fast hands. He moves fast like feet. he's like 210 yeah. pounds when I watch him play. That's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, here's, I remember here's last other... year, not to get off topic, last year we were playing Westminster and there, he, you know, he came out of the cage and there was a turnover and they threw it. And I swear to God, he, he jumped and it looked like Superman. Like, and he, <laughs> he made the diving save and I was like, oh, that kid can move. Okay. All right. Well, you don't, get, you, don't get, pretty unbelievable. Yeah. You, you don't get, you don't get recruited to play goalie at Syracuse if you can't play. Right. So like he can obviously Touché. play. And then of course, of course, you guys have been very fortunate to have him um, as your keeper uh, last year and this upcoming year. But I, I, I want to talk about this for a second. Here's another thing, too, that I don't think people realize. And I've been I've been on this train. Colin and I talk about this all the time now. And partly selfishly, it's because I'm in the middle of it with two of my sons playing at Flagler College, um, which is Division II lacrosse. But I think there's a few places in the country that have as much condensed good lacrosse as Florida does for division two, because you got, you, yeah. you guys had a killer year at Rollins. 
You have Florida Southern who can who year after year puts together great teams and competes it for at the national level. You have Tampa who's won a national championship and who continues to compete for national championships. Who, by the way, also like you all in Rollins has a beautiful campus. You have St. Yeah. Leo who is a high caliber program. You know, almost every year, every other in year, the NCAA at least. tournament. You know, back in 2018. Yeah. Exactly. And then yeah, you've got I mean, all these Florida, trickle down teams now, like with, you know, Flagler's coming in the Peach Peach. You've got, you know, Florida Tech, Embry Riddle, Lynn, Embry Riddle. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a lot of good lacrosse right here within a couple hours of Central Florida just for Division Two. Yeah, it's definitely taken off, you know, especially uh, with the conference sponsoring it and, and it really booming. You know, if you look at a lot of northern schools, you know, the north used to be, the, you know, the creme de la creme of, of lacrosse, um, you know, the Lemoines, the Merrimacks, you know, the Bryants, right? And they're all kind of transitioning to Division One now, you know, and I think also people are noticing the, the Sunshine State schools down here in the South, but also, hey, you can play lacrosse in January and not have to shovel a field full of snow, right? And it's going to be 65, 70 degrees and you know it's it's going to be a nice time to to play lacrosse and so i think a lot of the a lot of kids are noticing that and it's drawing a lot of those kids down uh to to florida let's i mean come on let's be honest i mean no offense to lemoyne but like would you do you want to go play play in syracuse and play in lemoyne and be in five feet of snow or go to tampa and you, like somebody posted something on tiktok the other day and half the school was out at one of the pools and it was like, you know, 82 degrees here in Florida, and it's already starting to change up north. You know, it's like, yeah. to me, that's like the greatest recruiting pitch ever. I think every one of you Florida schools, from JU being the only men's Division One program, and then all the D2 schools, literally bring every recruit here in January, walk them through campus. Everybody's wearing <laughs> shorts. Everybody's wearing shorts, T-shirts, flip-flops, and go, Okay, that you just means here you want to go play five feet of snow, right? There's just yes, distractions. Abs- yeah, but that there's nothing wrong with there's distractions the beach. everywhere, which makes it harder. Which makes it harder for us coaches to make sure these guys are in line. You know, well, that's true. there's a that's beach true. on Lake Virginia that is a popular spot in February in Rollins. Let's be clear, there is. right? Not Absolutely. not a lot of beach and lakefront property up in there. Yeah, no, no, not at all, not at all. Yeah. Well, I, what do you, I mean, uh, bef- you know, what What do you think is, uh, and of course, I'm sure you and Coach Lewis talk a lot, which, by the way, I want to give a big shout out to Coach Lewis at Rollins. Um, just to me, one of the nicest, um, just like normal lacrosse coaches I think oh, I've okay. ever met in terms of just like just a normal guy, just a good dude. Um, I've seen him for years at travel travel across tournaments which i give him a lot of credit uh he's always traveled up north to the big tournaments so look at guys and watch guys he's always usually walking around barefoot um but but i am too so you we know we're both from florida which is cool and summers (laughs) up north but uh, um but where do you see as you guys are talking as a coaching staff like what's what's your expectations for the spring i mean i know we're still a few months away and you know there's a lot of things that have to be worked on and done but I mean, what, sure. what, what's the end goal? Is it national championship or nothing? Is it make the tournament? I mean, where, where are you guys at? Where's your headspace at yeah. coming in the spring? Yeah, no, I mean, we, we were really disappointed with how last year ended. You know, we thought we had a good enough team to um, be in Philadelphia Memorial Day weekend. 
Um, you know, and, and we definitely thought we were, were well prepared for, uh, Lenore Ryan who, you know, ended up getting, uh, going on a hot streak and playing some really good lacrosse and, and they have a great coach. Um, and, and they really played really well. So, you know, we have that chip on our shoulder for this year and, and we feel like we can get right back to that same, um, that same spot, you know, being, you know, hopefully number one in the country this year. Um, especially with Lemoyne kind of out of the picture now, um, you know, we think we have a great opportunity kind of to, to relive some of the magic that we had last year, um, and, and compete for a national championship, you know, and we don't think that's, that's a, an unrealistic goal. You know, we want to win the SSC regular season. We want to win the SSC tournament championship. We want to make the NCAA tournament and we want to go to Philadelphia, um, in, in Memorial Day. And it, it would be great for me to be back home you know, um, playing in a national championship game. Um, but we think we have the talent to do so. You know, like I said, we returned the majority of our uh, team from last year. You know, we, we lost uh, Ike, who, again, um, graduated. But we bring in two other, you know, um, guys that we didn't have that played at the Division One level. Um, you know, I and I know Tampa has brought in some some good recruits and some good transfers, and they're going to be a tough matchup. And I know they circled, you know, our game this year. Um, you know, especially after beating them last year. You know, we know Florida Southern has us circled, beating them in in the uh, SSC you know championship game. Um, you know, so I, we know that there's a lot of teams going to be gunning for us this year. But you know, we we feel confident in the, in the team that we have, and um you know, the ability of, of, uh, of, of making it back there. So, and of course, um, yeah, anything can, anything, any, anything can happen obviously when the season comes about, absolutely. but it seems like, seems like it, you know, the sunshine state conference is going to have to run through one of three teams and it's going to be Rollins, Florida Southern and Tampa. And of course, you know, anything yep. can happen, but I mean, it's that, those yeah, are the Florida three Tech teams that are going to be competing. a bunch of transfers as well. So you, you can't sleep on any of the, and that's the great thing about the SSC is that, you know, on any given day, any of these teams can compete with you and, and play really good lacrosse. Everybody's super talented that, you know, they all have a bunch of really good players from all over the country and Canada. So, you know, it, it's a great conference to be a part of. And, and it's, uh, yeah, uh, S- Southern lacrosse is going to, you know, be the new hotbed for sure. I, I agree. I think I'm, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be the guy, whether I got five people listening to me or 5,000 people listening to me, I'm going to be the guy going, Hey, everybody needs to come down here because this is where all the best <laughs> Division Two lacrosse is. Because it's yeah. unbelievable the talent down here and the the, the games yeah. that are being played. Yeah, yeah. and Nova Southeastern, yeah. another team in our in our conference, is adding lacrosse in twenty five. So it's you know, it's, awesome. it's just going to keep growing. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, I think Patrick. I don't know if we're wrapping up here, but I will tell you if anyone is local and if, if you're listening to this, obviously this is. We're just getting rolling here. But Rollins has seven home games that they're going to start on February 3rd as their first game at Baker Family uh, Stadium here in Winter Park, Florida, with a brand-new turf brand that new they turf. just put down there. So it's looking yep. good. And it's I'll tell you, I, I, I've i got an 8-year-old son that plays lacrosse, and the way to get him involved in, in lacrosse was showing him the game at a high level. It doesn't hurt that you can go to Park Ave, have a great meal, walk across the street, see the game, go back over to Park Ave and have ice cream or whatever. So anyone that's game, never been game, to a lacrosse game. Yep. Games are free, free to get in. So, yeah. so 
Yeah, come Somehow out. Somehow I pay every time. Is that to pay for your salary at the game? I guess. Must I know, be Ken, one of those yeah, things. Yeah, when I when I, I make Patrick, Colin give me Patrick money, Moore, Colin Turner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's a really good want, time if you haven't been to a Rollins my, game. I and the girl press pass. I want press pass for next year so I can get uh, on the field. <laughs> and also for the parents that have girls, girls, Coach Short and his staff at the girls team at Rollins, oh, another very, very high level program as well. Another great sport to go watch. So we we highly recommend getting out to Baker. What is it? Baker Family Stadium. That's a heck of a name to try to remember. Yeah, um, Sam, Sam Baker Field. The Baker Sam family Spur paid for Field. it. The, pay, the Baker family paid Cal for it, bro. Come on. Isn't it the Cal K, K- House Sandsburg Field, to be correct? The K House. Yes. Uh, K House yes, Sandsburg Field. Well, and we'll definitely Parker be sharing family. more about. Yeah, we'll definitely be sharing more about uh, the Rollins season and games, and I'm sure we'll be, um, you know, at a game here or there. We'll put some stuff up on the Orlando Lacrosse Report and talk about it on the Garbage Goal podcast. But and eventually, we're going to have Coach Lewis on here as well because we want to want to talk to yeah. him and get some insight from him because he's obviously a wealth of knowledge. But Kyle, thanks, man, for uh, joining us uh, on the Garbage Goal Absolutely. podcast. We we appreciate you, uh, appreciate your friendship. Thanks for having uh, me. We're glad to have you. Uh, in Central Florida, uh, continuing to kind of further uh, the advancement of uh, boys, boys and men's lacrosse. And, uh, you know, look forward to seeing you on the field. And um, definitely um, don't mess the box up, okay, because uh, I will be on you. Too many on the field, <laughs> I'll be screaming. I'll be, that's Hofstetter's fault. That's his fault. Uh, but we're looking forward to seeing what Rollins is going to do this year. We'll definitely be cheering them on. I will personally be cheering them on every game except for when you guys come up to Flagler, uh, which I hope Ouch. we can give you a little more. I'm hoping we can give you a little more hell than we did last year because you guys shellacked us. But uh, that's that's another that's a talk for another day. <laughs> Side note: I believe Flagler comes to Winter Park this year. Do they? Is yeah. it on there? Or are we Saturday, playing? Mark coming back. Oh, you guys suckered us into coming there twice. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. That's okay. I'll yeah. just ride my e-bike from my house over to Rollins. That'll Alpha, work. So. Alpha beta. Alpha beta. <laughs> no, that'll be yeah, a lot of fun. It actually it. was yeah. a lot of fun. And it'll be even more fun now because we have one, two, three, four. I think we have six Central Florida kids on the Flagler college team this year. Uh, we have yeah. a kid from Lake Nona. We have three from Winter Park. We have an Oviedo kid. And we have someone else. I can't think who it is. Uh, but, yeah. So, we'll have a good good turnout. Good crowd got a few, out. too. Oh yeah, yeah. Rollins definitely does. Yeah, yeah it's, so it's it's well, great when you get to see like these kids you coached in high school or coached against in high school, and then you're you know seeing them play in college. It's it it's a it's great. You know the, those friendships and those you know it, it just it, it's great to see. It is. It's a cool thing. It's all full full circle. We're getting old, guys. We're getting absolutely. old. Absolutely. Well, Some Colin, of us. I just want Colin. I want to let you know. Uh, I appreciate. Uh, I can't stand your hat. Uh, but I, I do appreciate you wearing your undefeated Bishop Moore lacrosse 8-0 t-shirt today. Um, Max Preps, yep. number one. Number one, one first year. Back, back when Kyle Hofstetter led Bishop Moore to an 8-0 record, and then it was cut short yep. by COVID. So, um, Before the Northeast started, but we'll, we'll, we, won't, we won't poke fun. Kyle's a shirt we'll, guy, big shirt guy. He's a shirt guy. It's all right. <laughs> hey, if Rollins wins it all, we'll wear Rollins' number one shirt. We'll, <laughs> we're never, never going to let you live that one down. But, hey, yeah. and listen, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Remember, share the Garbage Goal podcast uh, on Facebook, Instagram. Like, subscribe. Um, like it, subscribe. We're on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. We appreciate all the support, and we'll see you next time.